Let's lift our hands to the most high God and begin to worship him. Let's magnify his holy name. Let's worship him. Give him glory. Give him honor for bringing you to the new year. Thank God for God. Thank God for God the Father. Thank God for God the Son. Thank God for God the Holy Spirit. Worship Him. Adore Him. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Bless His holy name. It's worthy, it's worthy, it's worthy to be praised. Give him glory, give him honor, give him adoration. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Now lift your voice to him and say, Father. Give me a new year present today. Open your mouth and cry to the Almighty God. Almighty God, the all sufficient one, please give me a new year present today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. Amen. The glory we give you, honor. Give you all the glory we give you, honor. Jesus. We give you all the glory. Almighty God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, the unchangeable changer, the one who is always I am, we worship you. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Thank you for all you did for us last year. Thank you for the ups and downs. Thank you for the mountains. Thank you for the valleys. Father, accept our worship in Jesus' name. In this new year, my Father, my God, in the lives of every one of us, those here and those listening to us all over the world, Father, please do something new. 
Do something great. Do something mighty. Do something glorious. At the end of everything, let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Well, let somebody shout hallelujah. Now, I want you to do a little bit of the carryover from the Congress. So you shake hands with about three people and introduce yourself to them and say, Your Excellency, I am the light of the world. Your Excellency, I am the salt of the earth. Your Excellency, I am the elect of God. Your Excellency, I'm an ambassador of Christ. Glory be to God. God bless you. Please be seated. Happy New Year to you all. Now, those of you who are born in the month of January, you stand on your feet and shout a big hallelujah. Father, I want to commit to you all your children born in the month of January. January is the first month of the year, and therefore I ask for all these your children that this year you will give them priority. When it comes to giving miracles, give them their own first. In every area of their lives, Father, let them come first. In the service of God, let them come first. Let it be well with them, and let them serve you to the end. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Well, let somebody shout another hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost service of February, by the grace of God, will be discussing Swimming in Glory, part two. Hmm. And uh, God is going to be doing something new because uh, in February we'll be praying for every member of the headquarters family. So the members of the headquarters family will all be here and we'll be praying specially for them. I want to thank the Almighty God for the wonderful Bible teaching given by my daughter tonight. That was beautiful. Very, very systematic, line upon line, precept upon precept. That was beautiful. Come on, give the Lord a big round of applause. And then I want to thank God for the message from the messenger. Come on, give the almighty God a big round of applause. 
Oh, that was beautiful, beautiful. As usual, we want to start the little part that I'm going to add uh, in two parts. One, I want to talk to those who have not yet surrendered their life to Jesus, and then we'll come to the deeper life, uh, deeper section of it. I want to ask you, what does Happy New Year mean to you? To some people it means, ah, at long last, I'm going to become an adult. They won't call me children anymore. This year, I'll be an adult. To some, it means, ah, by the grace of God, I will graduate this year. To some, it means my promotion is due this year. To some, it means whether the devil likes it or not, I'm getting married this year. To some, it means before this year ends, I'll be coming forward with my children. What does Happy New Year mean to you? There was a man who was poor, and then somebody told him, if you swallow a particular kind of charm, you become very rich for seven years. But after seven years, you will die. Oh. He said, at least I will enjoy seven years. They said that you will have plenty of money. Uh-huh. So he swallowed the charm. So every time they say, Happy New Year, he said, Oh God, another year is gone. So what does Happy New Year mean to you? Well, it doesn't matter who you are, Happy New Year means one thing to all of us. We are a year closer to the end of our journey. Whether you are young or you are old, each time they say Happy New Year, remember you are a year closer to the end of your journey in life. The moment a child is born, it begins the journey to the grave. That's why they don't say, how young is your child? What is the question they ask? How old? How old? The baby has just been born, but they're already talking about old age. Whether we like it or not, 
Every one of us here, this year will be one year older than we were last year. A journey, a, a year closer to the end of our journey. Either the journey will end by sleep, which is Bible's way of describing death, or by rapture. First Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 51 to 30, 53. First Corinthians 15, 51 to 53. He said, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Some will die before Christ returns. Some Christ will return and take us home. Whichever case, the journey to the end of, of our life is a year closer. Now, if your journey should end by sleep, if you should die, and I'm not praying for anybody to die this year, but it is appointed unto man wants to die. We, we, can't, we can't dodge it. There's something we should face clearly. It is coming. A day is coming, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 to 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 to 17. The Bible said, The Lord himself will descend from heaven. With a shout, the trumpet will sound, and the, the dead in Christ will rise first. Those who sleep before the Lord returns, when the trumpet shall sound, they will be the first to rise. Now, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible says, A day is coming that those who are sleeping in the dust of the earth shall awake. In other words, those who have been buried will awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. I know some of you are already saying, Daddy, why are you discussing something so serious at the beginning of the new year? Let me tell you straight away, this is a serious year. What kind of year is it? It's not a year to joke with at all. And I will be failing in my duty as your father. If I don't tell you this is a serious year. My joy, however, 
as your father. Is that if you will hearken diligently to me, your father, as I take you through the scriptures this year, by the time this year is ending, you'll be sitting on the mountain top. The Bible says when the trumpets are sound, those who are sleeping in the dust will arise. Some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame. What makes the difference? It's your choice. In John chapter 3, from verse 16 to 19, John 3, 16 to 19, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. But if you read it further down, he made it clear, those who will not accept him You have everlasting condemnation. The choice is yours. This is not a year when you will say, I will, I will think about my salvation. This is the year when you must decide for God urgently. Urgently. So if you are here and you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ... I'm going to count from 1 to 10. As they say in Yoruba land, pull your two ears and run forward to Jesus Christ so that he can save your soul, wash away your sin. So if he should come this year, you will go into everlasting glory. If you should die this year when the trumpet shall sound, you will rise up into everlasting life. But if you reject him, when the trumpet shall sound, you will rise up into everlasting shame. The choice is yours. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, come and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. The choice is between glory and shame. Everlasting glory, everlasting shame. And you will decide for yourself tonight by either surrendering your life to Jesus or rejecting him. Are you aware that Jesus is not begging you to clap for him? He has angels who can do the job. Uh huh. It's not begging you. If you want to do it, then do it very well. Today is the day of salvation. Now, now is the accepted time. Now, now. Now, hurry up. Amen. Now, cry to God now. Please save my soul. Forgive all my sins. Accept me into the family of God. And I will serve you. For the rest of my life. Go ahead, cry unto him. Those of you on the way, hurry up. Cry to him as you come. 
Ask him to save your soul. Ask him to become your Lord and your Savior. And the rest of us, please stretch your hands towards these people. Intercede for them that the one who saved your soul who saved their own souls also. Please pray for them. Cry to God. Ask him to save your soul. Ask him to forgive your sins. Ask him to receive you into the fellowship of the family of God. Cry unto him. He will save your soul and he will give you a brand new beginning. Hurry up those of you on the way. I want to pray for salvation now. And make sure you get there before I finish praying. Just keep coming. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Savior, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word. And thank you for these people who have come to surrender their lives to you. Please receive them in Jesus' name. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. Please write their names in the book of life. And from now on, any time they call on you, answer them by fire. And any time you return, my Father and my God, receive them to glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now I want to rejoice with those of you who have come. I, I want to promise you from now on I'll be praying for you. I need your names, your address, and your prayer requests. And I promise you I'll be praying for you. Isaiah chapter 60. I will read from verse 1 to 3. Isaiah chapter 60. From verse 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Swimming in glory. Two words. Glory and swimming. Now, swimming, I'm sure you all know, means you are making progress inside water. And I will talk about that a little later on. Because God did not create man for water. When he created man, he created man for land. He created the sky for the birds. And he created the rivers for fish 
So when you go to swim, you have gone to an area that God did not initially create for you. But you can make progress in a realm that is not yours if you know what to do. If I ask you now, how many of you can swim? Raise your hand. Very few hands. Why? Swimming is for the fish. Hmm. I've told you this is a serious year. And we're going to be talking some very serious things. Some of you don't fully understand what swimming in glory means. You begin to understand from tonight. I'll be brief tonight because you need to pray. In fact, I'm sure by the time I ask you to pray, by the grace of God, you will even be begging me to get away so that you can pray. What about glory? We've said that one before, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 35, Proverbs 3, verse 35, glory is the opposite of shame. Everybody knows that. But what is glory? Glory is intrinsically associated with light. Bright light Shining light In Luke chapter 2 verse 9 Luke chapter 2 verse 9 The Bible says The day Jesus Christ was born He said lo The angel of the Lord came upon them And the glory of the Lord Shone Around them it is light that shines. The glory of God shone. In Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10, Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10, the Almighty God is called the King of Glory. And then in James chapter 1 verse 17, James chapter 1 verse 17 is called the father of lights. The reason they call him king of glory is because he's father of lights. It's light. In Ezekiel 43 verse 2, Ezekiel 43 verse 2, the Bible said the glory of the God of Israel came from the east. What do you know east for? That's where the sunrise is. And he went on to say, and the earth shined with his glory. The earth shined with his glory. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 10 to 23, Revelation 21, verse 10 to 23, 
The, the Bible tells us that the heaven Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, has the glory of God. And so it doesn't need the sun or the moon to give it light, for the glory of God did lighten it. So, in the text we read, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, Arise, shine. Why? For thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Light and glory. It's the same thing. Consequently, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, Jesus gave you a new name. One of the new names we considered last December. You are the light of the world. And he went on, he said, let your light shine. The link between glory and light is just absolute and complete. Now, light is useless unless it shines. Matthew chapter 5 verse 15. Matthew 5 verse 15 says, You are not supposed to hide light. You are to put it on a candlestick where it will show light to the people. I decree to someone here tonight, you will shine this year. By the time I tell you the meaning of shine, maybe your amen won't be that loud. <laughs> you see, the opposite of light is darkness. So to shine means to push back darkness. By force. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Genesis 1, 1 to 4. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, etc., etc. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Then the Spirit of God moved, and God said, Let there be light. From the beginning, the battle between light and darkness has been there. In other words, shining automatically means 
confrontation with darkness. <laughs> so get ready to shine means get ready to fight darkness. Are you ready to shine? I can't hear your voice. Let me announce to you, my beloved children, you have played church long enough. The battle line is drawn. Light and darkness are going to collide. How many of you are still light of the world? Raise your hand, let me see. Ah. Get ready to fight darkness. He says in the text I read to you, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 3, when he said, Arise, shine, for your glory is come. For your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. He said, Because thy be gross darkness. And get ready to deal with gross darkness. He said, when you do that, then the Gentiles, the unbelievers, will come. Many of us have been trying to whistles by mere talk. Mm-mm. They will come <laughs> when they see how well you can deal with darkness. Hey. Light has no use unless it shines. Nobody wants to switch on the light during daytime. But when darkness comes, you bring in light. Consider David. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 11 to 13, 1 Samuel 16, 11 to 13, that young young boy was brought from the field and they poured oil on his head and said, hey, you are now the king. And he was rejoicing. <laughs> but it wasn't long after that, in 1 Samuel 17, verses 34 to 37, 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37, when lions began to come and bear began to come and Goliath began to appear. And then when you read 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 to 2, 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 2, when they saw the light of David shining, and he was in the cave of Adullam. Everybody who needed help came to him. 
Oh, I say it one more time. You will shine this year. Shining means you are going to fight darkness. Oh, you want to swim in glory? Amen. You will fight lions. You will fight bears. You will fight Goliaths. But the beautiful thing is... (laughs) The fight you are going to fight is a good fight. Why is it a good fight? Because you have even won before you begin the fight. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 First Timothy 6 verse 12 He said Fight the good fight Of faith In 2 Timothy chapter 4 Verse 7 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 Paul said I have fought A good fight A good fight is the fight You win And I'm looking at winners now. I thought I would hear amen. The fight is loaded in your favor. Why? Because light has never lost to darkness. Never. Oh, the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 5. John, well, maybe take it from verse 4. John chapter 1, from verse 4 to 5. Was talking about Jesus Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. What's the result? <laughs> darkness cannot overcome it. Lift your hand to the Almighty God and say, From now I won't run from the devil. <laughs> say it as if you mean it. Don't say it as a... <laughs> You're going to fight. And you are going to win. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Verse 35 to 39, Romans 8, 35 to 39, made it clear, you are already more than a conqueror. You are already more than a conqueror. The only one condition to winning is that you must not turn your back to the enemy. Never turn your back again to the enemy. Luke chapter 6, verse 62. Luke 6, 62. Jesus Christ made it clear. Anyone who laid his hand on the plow and looked back is not fit for the kingdom. 
By the grace of the God that I serve, before the end of this year, one of your prayers will be, God, send the lions. Send the bear. Wherever Goliath is hiding, bring him out. One of my friends, an elder, somewhere here on the, on the altar, when he was younger, when he was in Ilani, when he wakes up in the morning, he prays, God, all those sick people that the doctor said they cannot heal, send them to me. I can pray for them because these people they need signs and wonders send them to me that's the kind of Christian you are going to become let me hear your amen now I'm going to talk briefly now about swimming and then you will pray I'm just laying foundation today Next month, <laughs> we begin to get into deeper waters. Thank you, Father. The Lord said, there's someone here today, he said, before the end of this year, you begin to show the signs of a genius. means operating successfully in a realm that is not naturally yours. Operating successfully in a realm that is not naturally yours. I've explained land is for man, sky for birds, rivers for the fish. But when you are a swimmer, it means you can succeed even in the realm that is not yours. Now, give you an example. 4 Samuel 17, verse 32 to 37. 4 Samuel 17, 32 to 37. When David went to uh, King Saul, I said, don't let anybody be afraid of this uh, giant. I go and fight him. <laughs> the king said, Little boy, this is not your realm. He said, You're a little boy. Goliath is a warrior. He has been a warrior from birth. Warfare is the realm of Goliath. You, little boy, you better go and hide under your mother's uh, covering cloth. But David said, <laughs> Sorry, sir. You don't really know who you are talking to. 
I'm praying for someone here today. By the time you get home tonight, you'll be a different person. I heard a Holy Ghost rally in my native town several years ago. And I spoke to them in my local language. I said, as I stand before you, I know what is going on in your mind. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's not this dejari. The son of so and so, so and so. We know his mother. The mother used to sell their cup. We know his father. <laughs> Is Dejari now a prophet? I said to them, I said, there's a saying among you elders. If you look at the corpse of yesterday with the same eye of yesterday, uh, there's something called Ebora. Ebora will deal with you. By the time you get home tonight, in the name that's above every other name, anybody who thinks it is the same fellow who came here who went back home is going to get into trouble. Uh, maybe I'll just tell you one or two stories very quickly. I will soon get out of your way because I know you want to pray. We've had it before. We went to start our church in one of the towns here in Logan State. And they didn't want anything called Christianity there. And so when we gathered to have the crusade, they brought out the masquerades. The masquerade came with their sticks. They were using their sticks to scatter the people, beating their drum loudly so nobody can hear us speak. In those days, there were no loudspeakers. And one little girl, one of my little girls, said, I'm a native of this place. I know the tradition. If the drum should break when a masquerade is dancing, the masquerade will not be alive the following year. So she went aside and said, I command in the name of Jesus, drums break. And one by one, the drums began to break and the masquerade scattered. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, every drum of shame beating in your life shall break tonight. tell you another story. Some of you have heard it before. When I was a lecturer at the University of Lagos, 
I was living in Surulere, and then I had some little, little boys following me around, and girls. And one of them heard that the uh, cult boys have decided that they want to burn down the bookshop. And at that time, the bookshop and the bank, they were in the same building. So they, they, they met, they, those who are, my, who are my disciples, and they were saying, hey, what are we going to do now? Our guy has gone home. We don't even know his house, so we can tell him. And one of them said, we don't need to go and tell him. He taught us that if there is trouble, we should pray. Let's pray. So they gathered together and prayed. And the, the boys who wanted to burn down the bookshop and something, they, they already bought, bought petrol and uh, some ogogoro too. So they decided to drink a little bit before night so they can do their job. When they woke up, it was already daylight. And then the, 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 the young ones began to say to their leader, what kind of leader are you? You fell asleep on duty. And the leader was saying, what kind of followers are you? You didn't wake me up. And they began to fight. All those who are plotting against your future, in the name that's above every other name, they will be fighting themselves this year. Thank you, my father. My daddy asked me to tell someone, he said, this year you will begin to see new openings. Yeah. Mm. I'm talking about swimming now, eh? Okay. Now, to swim involves skill. If you just jump into the river and you don't know how to swim, you drown. So you need skill. You need skill. And to learn the skill of swimming, you need help. And Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, It's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. If you, if you get into the river, you want to swim, it's not just splashing around. You must know how to move your hand, how to move your feet. You have to synchronize everything. But there is someone who is ready to teach you to swim. His name is Jesus. Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who sends me. I can operate in realms that are not mine. 
I've had testimonies that make me jump for joy. Ordinary members of the congregation being used by God to perform mighty miracles, operating in the realms well above their age. As the Lord lives, before the end of this year, when they say there is a crisis, you won't say send for the geo. You will say bring the fellow, bring the fellow. Bring the dead. Bring the blind. Bring the deaf. Bring the dumb. Bring the lame. So you are going to need Jesus like never before this year. You are going to need him like never before. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 17 to 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 to 19. The Bible made it clear that you must pray without ceasing. The Bible says you must not quench the spirit. This year is a year of the Holy Spirit. You must move in the Holy Spirit. This year is a year of fasting. Matthew 17, verse 14 to 21. Matthew 17, 14 to 21. Jesus Christ told the disciples, there are some demons that can only move when you confront them with Fasting and prayer. Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse twenty-seven. Second Corinthians eleven verse twenty-seven say, "You fast often." Several years ago, in the nineteen eighties. I was lying down in front of my first office here. I've been fasting for more than 30 days and 30 nights without food. So I was very weak. I was lying down on my mat. And a friend came to visit me. And he came, he saw the first auditorium, the one by the express. (laughs) 100 meters by 50 meters. He said, what else do you want? You already have the biggest auditorium in Africa. And you are still fasting. I laughed. I said, I have not started my journey. I decree to somebody here today, in the name that's above every other name, where you never thought you could reach, you will surpass it this year. Is anybody here ready to swim? I can't hear you. When you want to swim, the first thing you do is you change your dress. You you have arrived at the river. 
or maybe a lake or whatever, and you want to swim, for since you take off your dress, you, you, you don't swim with your suit on. And Hebrews 12 verse 1, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, If you are going to be a successful swimmer, you must lay aside every weight. And the sin that is laid beside us. You don't swim with shoes on. You have to get rid of certain things if you want to swim. Romans 13 verse 12. Romans 13 verse 12 says you must put off all the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Ephesians 4 22 says you must put off the old corrupt man. You want to swim? Changes must come. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. Colossians 3, 8 to 9. Say you must put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, fill the communication out of your mouth. You want to confront darkness. You want to cast out demons. All this Immoral jokes must not even be heard from you again. And then, if you want to swim, after you remove your jacket, remove your shirt, remove your shoes, then, then you wear your swimming gear. Ephesians chapter 4. From verse 24 to 25. Ephesians 4, 24 to 25 says, You put on the new man, created in righteousness and true holiness, speaking the truth. Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. Ephesians 6, 11 to 18 says, You must put on the whole armor of God. No more running from the enemy. We are ready to face them. Because we are the light of the world. And the light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot overcome it. You know what? Satan is the one who is on the losing end. I just tell you briefly how Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. Who will build the church? <laughs> is Jesus a liar? Answer me. So if he said I would do something, will he do it? He said I will build my church and the gates of hell 
shall not prevail. Gates, if you ask the Bible scholars, those who know deep, deep theology, stands for elders. The elders of hell, the witches, the wizards, the herbalists, they can't prevail against the church. They can't. The trouble with you, my beloved children, is that up to this moment, all you have been doing is playing church. Jesus, give me food. Jesus, give me clothes. No, 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 no. He wants warriors. And you are going to be one of them. You are the light of the world. I tell you one more story and then I let you go and pray. During the Goa fishing this year, I was in a particular town. I won't mention the name of the town. When we sent, when we wanted to start the church, we sent a small boy, a little deacon, to go and start the church there. And the place where you could find accommodation was next to the house of a herbalist. He didn't know. He just came to town, saw a house, rented the house. And the herbalist soon discovered that those who were coming to him before were now going to this small boy. What kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> so he decided, I will deal with this boy. So the boy went to church, locked his doors and windows. But when he came back, inside his one-bedroom apartment was a hen sitting over eggs. Uh, Those of you who are young, you don't know the meaning of that. The elders here, they already say, hey, because they know what that means. Where has the hen come from? Where are the eggs coming from? Now, if you ask the elder, they will tell you, if you ever see anything like that, you should run. Because if you bend down to pick up the hen, your back will break. But my son looked at the hen and the eggs and said, "Ah, Thank you, Lord, for provision. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. Lord, <laughs> you know I don't have money to buy hair. I don't have money to buy eggs. <laughs> and you and say, hey, welcome to my cooking pot. Kill the hen, boil the eggs. <laughs> and the Babalao was expecting a cry of pain. He was expecting that by the following morning they would carry a dead fellow out. He saw the fellow the following morning going to church. And the boy greeted him. Papa, good morning. 
Babalawo surrendered his life to Jesus. Power passes power. How many of you are light of the world? Rise on your feet and shout hallelujah. These are your prayer points. Because it's time to pray. Prayer point number one. I want you to praise the King of glory with all your heart. Praise the King of glory. The prayer number two is a declaration. We're going to say, in the mighty name of Jesus, I am the light of the world. I will shine bright this year. I will shine bright this year. Prayer point number three. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will destroy the hold of forces of darkness. On my family this year, in the mighty name of Jesus, I will destroy the hold of forces of darkness on my family this year. Number four. In the mighty name of Jesus, every lion Every bear, every Goliath that come my way this year are dead. Number five, in the mighty name of Jesus. I will reach the mountain top this year. Number six. In the mighty name of Jesus, my life will draw Thousands away from the kingdom of Satan this year. My life, when they see my light shining, thousands will be drawn into the kingdom of Jesus Christ this year. 
And number seven is your own private prayer request. I'm going to give you 30 minutes to cry to the Almighty God. Because this is just the beginning of a new life for you. A life of victory. A life of glory shining. Pushing back forces of darkness. Becoming mighty warriors for the King of Glory. Yes, the altar is open. And you have 30 minutes to cry to the Almighty God. Praise Him and declare, I'm going to shine. I'm going to deal with forces of darkness this year. All those forces trying to block my way, I will deal with them. They will know. They will know I'm different now. No longer the fellow they used to know. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, my light will shine and all forces of darkness must bow this year. Go ahead, talk to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In the name of the King of Glory, beginning from now, you will shine. You will never run from witches again. You will never run from wizards again. If they come against you one way, they will flee seven ways. Every yoke of darkness upon your family will be destroyed now. Every force trying to block your way to joy shall be crushed. When unbelievers see miracles happening in your life, 
Hundreds of thousands of them will flock into the kingdom. This year, you will reach the top. You will be triumphant. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Uh, Let someone shout hallelujah. God bless you. Let's go back to our seats. Well, let's very quickly take our Thanksgiving offering. And like victors, let's dance to the nearest basket. I say thank you to the Almighty God who has made us more than conquerors. Oh, thank you, Father. I decree in the name of the Almighty God, you will not know shame this year. So take your offering, raise it to the Almighty God. And say, Father, by this offering, I break the yoke of poverty in my family forever. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Father, by this offering, this thanksgiving offering, I break the yoke of poverty in my family forever. Oh, yes, Lord. I break the yoke of poverty over my family forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, the band will play. You dance to the nearest basket and drop your offering. The Lord I'm serving is good to me. 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 Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you on behalf of your children. Thank you for starting this year with us on such a wonderful note. Glory be to your holy name, Lord. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Please accept the offerings of your children. Sanctify it, Lord, and use it for your glory. Father, in your name, I decree that this year, none of your children will beg for bread. (laughs) 
in the miraculous way in which you provided for all the needs of Elijah. This year, provide for all the needs of your children. And as they go now, please go with them. Let their light begin to shine. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, who is already shining? Let me hear you shout a shiny hallelujah. <laughs>